Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Print Design Podcast, the show where we are talking to graphic designers and creatives about the incredible print and packaging projects that they helped bring to life and put out in the world. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, lover of print, all things print, and um, I'm excited to share this one with you today. But before I tell you who today's guest is, I first need to tell you about Print Design Mastery. This is where we are teaching graphic designers to be experts in print design. The terminology and how to talk the print talk with your clients and with your printer. We're going to teach you and show you how to use amazing advanced print techniques like foiling and embossing and some of the more uncommon ones too to really create amazing print. We're going to teach you how to navigate the thousands of papers that are out there and pick the right one for your project. We're going to teach you about how to work with printers and proofing with printers and how to avoid some of those costly reprints. We've got a community that goes along with this pre-recorded training, the campus community, where you can get the support from fellow designers and print industry experts through some live training, some Q&As, and all kinds of stuff in this exclusive campus community. We're going to talk about files, how to set up your files, all the way from complex multi-page documents, all the way up to like working with die lines for packaging, stuff like that, and so much more partnered with Mohawk Paper, partnered with Pantone, partnered with Foilco. Man, excited to bring this to you, excited to share this with you, and it all kicks off on May the 12th, where we're teaching graphic designers to be experts in print. That feeling of taking something from your screen and producing it in print so you can hold it on your in your hand and like see it up on the store shelves and retail if it's packaging, and it's just such a rewarding experience, and we want more designers to get get that, to feel that. So there it is, Print Design Mastery coming on May the 12th. We've got some amazing bonuses, fast action stuff coming on that launch day, May the 12th. So don't miss it. Get after it. It's going to be good. So today's guest, today's guest is Allison Henry Aver from Letter A Studio out of Portland, Oregon. The deep dive in this episode is the spring and mulberry chocolate packaging. We also talk about how she started her career in New York City and some of the studios that she worked with out there. We talk about vests, making vests. Yes, I said that correctly, vests. We talk about cute boxes and why packaging is so important and all kinds of other stuff. Really enjoyed this conversation. Allison dives deep into explaining the real design and thought process and production behind this beautiful packaging. We're going to put some pictures up on Instagram, but also the links to see this stuff is down in the bio of, not the bio, but you know what I mean, the description of this episode. That's what I'm trying to say down in the description. But that's enough for me. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Allison Henry Aver. Here we go. Welcome to the Print Design Podcast, the show where we talk about all things print and packaging. We go behind the scenes with designers and talk about the print projects they designed that really rocked their world. From file prep to holding the finished product in their hand and all the key decisions in between. So let's talk ink on paper.
Allison, welcome to the Print Design Podcast. How are you? Good. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. To put a face to a name, we've been chatting back and forth via email after I saw the project that we're going to dive into today. And okay. uh, I'm glad we could line up schedule and make this happen. Thank you. Happy to be here. Perfect. So I'm going to start off with what I legitimately think is the toughest question, only because it's first and because it means you talking about yourself. But tell us about yourself. Great. Um, well, my name is Allison Henry Aver, and I run a um, brand consultancy agency based in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, we consider ourselves brand builders, um, helping like brands find their personality, point of view, and purpose mm-hmm. um, in a really holistic way. Meaning, like we love to infuse spirit, soul, and energy, and um, a reason for being in everything we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and but prior to that, I had spent um, over 15 years in New York City, mm-hmm. where I um, relocated to when I got my master's degree at School of Visual Arts mm-hmm. um, in their design as entrepreneurship program. Um, and so I started out in New York City as a graphic designer, mm-hmm. and then and and did the rounds in some really great studios like Number Seventeen and Digrupco Bay. Uh, which was a packaging studio. And then I moved into um, in-house work um, as a member of the in-house creative marketing team um, for some beauty and fashion brands um, like Bumble and Bumble and Kate Spade and Kate Spade Saturday and Ann Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I really found my groove in in-house work because um, it, it um, really brought all the things I love to do together in one place. And Mm -hmm. instead of just being the graphic designer, um, in-house allows the the people who work there to wear a lot of hats because Mm -hmm. you're helping a company run on the Mm day-to-day. And and so instead of like as an agency where you might be doing a portion of the pie from a brand, when you're running in-house, you're like doing the sexy and the unsexy work all at the same time. Yeah, you're so doing you're doing it all. the campaigns and you're doing the new products and you're doing the collaborations with a celebrity, but then you're also doing the gift guides and the promo emails and the mm-hmm. social posts and um, labeling or like whatever is needed yeah. to um, get out the door. And I, I liked that uh, macro and micro level of working. And I also love being able to touch um, all parts of the brand and, and understand that like for a brand to grow and succeed and to live, it has to have a lot of um, references and things mm-hmm. to pull from and stories to tell because you, you just can't, you can launch, but then you like, you have to, <laughs> you have to, a brand has to produce work and, and campaigns and stories almost 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, my role as a graphic designer grew into an art director and photo art director and a copywriter and Mm -hmm. a marketing person and naming and uh, social media strategy. And luckily I worked at really strong places that supported creative as Mm -hmm. thinkers versus executors. And so um, once I got into that in-house world where um, creatives were recognized for their 
their way of thinking um, mm -hmm. versus just knowing a software or a program, um, I found that I was really able to grow and, and affect that um, affect the brand from a really holistic way of thinking. And so I took that, those learnings and that expertise and used it on letter A. And so we really address all the work we're doing in that same way, not just setting up brands for day one, but for the get go. And so that they have, they have a brand that is full of life and spirit and stories and things to tell mm -hmm. um, as they move forward and have to build and create, you know, all the emails they have to do and all the <laughs> all the social posts they have to talk about and the world they have to inhabit and and we think of a brand as a human and, and like what is that human like and dislike and what does that human sound like and mm -hmm. and what's their sense of humor and where do they where do they want to show up that feels natural so that's where i am now um leading letter a and um doing some really great projects in mm -hmm. this in this kind of like fashion food um uh, sometimes kid space, um, mm -hmm. where brands love, if you love color and personality and, um, optimism, that's kind of like our, our wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so would you say, it sounds almost like you, you thrived more being able to really dive deep with one core brand by being an in-house designer, as opposed to sort of the studio model where you're doing part of a brand and then you're onto the next docket and it's a part of that brand. And then the next, oh, it's a part of that brand. Whereas in-house you're like, you're diving really deep in all aspects of creative for that company. Um, you, you know, which is a different perspective than the studio. Does that sound about right? That's exactly right. You, you get to, um, really under it it sounds limiting but it's actually what's interesting is like how you can work within those parameters mm -hmm. and a great brand has is is fluid and has has parameters it can move and grow in mm -hmm. and flex into as it grows or as the culture changes um and finding your niche in that brand and like what feels right and doesn't feel right is always such a great test and um an interesting space to be because like once you understand in your gut and intuitively what your brand is if you can like drink the kool-aid or, or believe in it um it's so for fun for me to like to be in that world and 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 live in it and and find the find the joy in the space and like how do you how do you do the same like with retail like there's a lot of things you do over and over and over again like how mm -hmm. do you how do you do a gift guide that's fresh every single Christmas and how do you do a new campaign that tells to sell the same thing <laughs> year after year and yeah. um, how do you change that up um, but keep the, the same spirit alive um, and as a person like me who really loves the, the diversity of a creative role mm -hmm. um, I I enjoy being at that kind of umbrella level of leadership where I'm overseeing and understanding how the business works, mm -hmm. yeah. um, how, how the donuts get made, how things go out the door, how the retail cycle works, um, and interpreting that or affecting it through a creative lens. Um, so I, I enjoyed, I, I liked graphic design, but then I, once I got into in-house, I was like, oh, this is right. This is my dream. Um, this is what I've always wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, this is where it feels better. 
Perfect. So that sort of brings us up to where we are now. But for this mm -hmm. next one, I want to kick it back, uh, back in time a little bit and ask you, what is the earliest memory of print or packaging that you have? Some, maybe something from your childhood, from your teens? Um, I mean, I, I, you know, it's, I have always had a love of branding and labeling or copywriting or typography. I didn't know what it was called when I was little. I didn't know the, what 10 year old knows there's a term called branding. Um, maybe my son does because <laughs> he recognizes <laughs> logos. There you go. But I, I knew I used to sew a lot of my own, I'm going to sound like, I'm going to sound real cool now. I used to sew a lot of my own clothes and I started to sew these vests. Um, it gets even better. I used to sew these vests and I was like, I'm going to start my own business with these vests. And I sewed these vests. I, then I made, I named my vest company and then I made labels for the vest and I made hang tags all hand drawn. And like, I made my own logo and I wrote the copy and I put them on little, I found little pieces of paper and then I made a little advertisement and I put it in people's mailboxes on my street to sell these vests. And so the, I was fascinated by, and then I would do this like for another thing. I mean, but I remember the vests very clearly because I think I called it like investments. I mean, <laughs> that's amazing. I, my next uh, question was going to be, please tell me <laughs> that it has the word vest in the business name. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, and uh, and I just the, all the, the 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 what branding brought together that I started to love was art direction, product making, merchandising. Uh, graphic design, logo design, um, and then selling. Um, mm -hmm. And that was my first interaction with like, oh, I really like controlling and making it all and yeah. um, doing it with my hands. Um, and then once I started working like a Kate Spade, it's like literally like what I <laughs> was doing as a child. I was like, this is it. I, I can't believe this job exists. Um, so yeah, that's how it all started. Just having a total, total interest in running the show. It started with investments. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Perfect. <laughs> so then fast forwarding a bit, Allison, what about recently? Have you had any recent interactions with printer packaging that you really enjoyed or, or you were surprised by? Of my own or of? Could be either. It could be a direct mail you got, a, a product you got where the packaging was really unique. It could be something you made or anything. Okay. Um, well, we at Letter A, we just recently completed a job for a chocolate company called Spring and Mulberry. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you could have a dream come true, but to make chocolate packaging is probably one of the like best things you could think of to make um it's just it's just one of those it's a it's chocolate and b it's this it's a box <laughs> and it's the, like it's almost like the world is your oyster with something with a project like that mm -hmm. and it's 15 dollars chocolate so it has to have some retail presence and it has to feel worth the mm -hmm. money um so when that came you know across our desks it just it's like a graphic designer's dream come true because um, 
I knew I knew the possibility and I know as a consumer that I will purchase anything for a cute box. Um, it, mm-hmm. I, like I'm sold. Um, I don't like even think of the money. Um, and I am I, you know, a great merchandising display at a grocery store. Uh, works really well on me. I'm and I make the stuff and I know it still works on me. I, I know the marketing that's going into it. And I still am charmed um, by by a great process or a or or a foil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a, a color range that makes me want to buy everything. Um, so all those things that I knew I would pick up it with or pick up in a store, um, we put those into Spring and Mulberry's packaging because it was five flavors. It was $15 each. And um, although it's being sold online, the the goal was to make this look enticing and decadent mm-hmm. at retail. And so, so gift, so lovely that it was it was already pre-gifted because chocolate yep. and sweets are a natural gift to give to people. Mm-hmm. And it's an easy um, thing for people to pick up in a store on their way to a party or, or a, an event. And when the chocolate already looks or the package art or the product already looks like it's like ready to gift and the person doesn't have to do anything to make it look better. Mm-hmm. You've got like a double win there. So not only did we want um, the packaging to, you know, feel great, feel great, as it is but like actually feel like a gift in itself so Mm -hmm. that in the store people would just be like grab and go this is great i can take it to this party and it's it looks like i put some effort into it um Mm -hmm. and the colors because we had we had five five bars i knew we should make each bar a different color Mm -hmm. so that like oh i got the blue one now i want the green you know now i want the yellow one or now i want the pink one and it it's tricking you into feeling like you have to have all five um, or you want to give all five. So it's, it's, it's made as a set and it's intended to look as a set and it's intended to look the, the, per, the what also does, does well at merch at the merch level where um, the people who are setting up the displays, it really works well in their like mm-hmm. Easter display of here's, here's how the colors all kind of work together and I can pick and choose from this color palette. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting solve with how do you take something that is just a chocolate bar package, but make it work really well in a store setup where you're, it, it works as an advertisement for the mm-hmm. brand mm-hmm. Um, because the, and making sure that this new company's logo is first and foremost seen and that it also feels like I'm, I'm, I can gift, gift this very easily and it looks like I, I cared and I spent some money on it. So you've like super, super like teased that out now. And now I'm super excited to dive deeper into that. Before I, before I get there, you just brought up like a couple of great things um, that when you were talking about great packaging and even though you know that that great packaging, that great retail display is there to make you purchase, like you're still going to buy because if it's anything like me, I will buy something strictly because I appreciate the packaging. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that is what a lot of people do, you know, when they're deciding between chocolate bars, deciding between foundations of makeup on the shelf, you know, the great packaging really pulls people in. 
And even if it's a couple of dollars more than a cheaper one that you're more familiar with, you're likely to buy that more expensive thing because there's that extra effort put in. There's a little something special about that packaging. And the other point that you touched on where, you know, even though this is, you know, primarily or, or e-commerce, at least there's an element of e-commerce to it. Mm-hmm. Those aren't being sent out in a generic envelope or something because the person already bought. So you don't need a nice box. You're still creating an experience for the consumer that they're going to remember. They're going to hang on to that chocolate box. They're going to think about it. And then when they see it in retail, they're like, I've already ordered some of that. Let's grab mm-hmm. some more while we're at it. So it just, you can't, and, and I've given this sort of like mini rant before where Imagine if all of the products that are sold on Amazon didn't have any packaging and just got thrown into a box with a bunch of styrofoam peanuts and sent to your door. Like you're missing that branding experience there for whatever that brand product is you bought. Whereas oh, the magic you, is gone. The magic is gone. Whereas if you craft like an unboxing experience, even though it gets shipped in an Amazon box, when the consumer takes that product out and goes, wow, this box feels great, or look at this. And then they have a great experience with it that's instantly more memorable, instantly more likely to buy again, instantly more likely to tell friends about it. All of those things are accomplished by great-looking packaging. Well, it's also a great packaging story because um, the whole story with Spring and Mulberry was that um, they are exploring a world of sweet beyond sugar Mm -hmm. and um, going out into the world and finding ingredients that can be used in sweets and treats that mm-hmm. that are healthier for you than refined sugar. And so we built this idea of this land of spring and mulberry where, you know, um, everything is delectable and edible and <laughs> everyone's good looking and the food is good looking and you're in this, this like dreamy world of, yeah. of spring and mulberry. And it's intended to evoke this very, um, you know, lush, um, landscape and so that story follows you to the language and then once you order it and it comes to you at home we put it in a like a very simple you know default box but we put stamps and little stickers as if it came through uh like like a passports or came from another country and these stamps and stickers are on the outside. So it feels a little like lo-fi and you open it up and it's, you know, crinkle paper. So it kind of feels like the straw, like when you would uncrate something. Um, And, and your um, boxes of chocolate are like on top. So it, it again, reinforces this story. The packaging reinforces the story that you're getting something that came from this special land. And I want you to open it and feel, um, we want you to open it and feel like, you just got a great shipment of just something so delicious Mm -hmm. from this land Mm -hmm. and um to continue that and that's how we we use that we picked elements to help reinforce that story for the customer when they got their chocolate so it doesn't feel like i hate a deflating unboxing experience um (laughs) yes (laughs) because i too want to be um wowed yeah. Nice by details like that. Yeah. So the the last two questions I have for you before we get into this deep dive mm-hmm. um, is about your experience with print and have, what was the very first print project that you ever created, the first project you were ever a part of, the one that first one you produced. Well, the very very 
well, besides investments. (laughs) 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 I, I used to make the posters and brochures for my high school theater and dance troupe that I was in. Um, And I would use that through, there was like this, was there like this program called Newsroom, I think, and at which I would um, print out typography in my dot matrix printer and then cut and paste um, a mix of the dot matrix type and hand drawings. And then I would photocopy that and then make posters so you'd always see that it was like very zd but that's all that's the only way i knew how to to uh make things mm-hmm. um but my very first professional print was when i my i my first job out of college was at hallmark cards headquarters in kansas city missouri where mm-hmm. i was an art director on mother's day cards and i did mother's day cards all year round um and we at Hallmark, the great thing about Hallmark is that they own their own printers and uh, factories. Mm-hmm. And so part of understanding how to design and develop and cost out your card, you had to understand the print the print experience and and and, and mm-hmm. how many colors you were using and the paper stock you were using and if there was flitter on it or a foil or if there was a ribbon glued or a tip on and you really had to understand print production really well or i mean i did i didn't i learned it there um and how much those cost and how much went into what inks you would use and if you were going if you were going to do four color process on the inside of the card or just one color and how those all affected the the cost and would balance out your model line because you could have some money to do really um high-end cards and then some you only some money to only do some like really like cheap cards and then that was my first experience into like oh here's how the donuts get made the cards get made and we would go you would drive out to the printer and you would see the factories and how everything was made it was fascinating but it really Mm -hmm. helped me understand how um your idea gets translated and how some things can cost pennies and mm-hmm. pennies seem not like a lot, but when you're making 10,000 of something, a mm-hmm. penny is multiplied. Totally, um, and, totally. Um, and how these like small changes either can like reduce your cost or add to your cost as, as the person making, making the product. That's such a fascinating way to be like, introduced and thrown into the print production world is Mm -hmm. you're at Hallmark cards and you know, you're, they have their own printers and you need to like really understand the print process because everything you're designing is printed. Yes. Everything, everything was, everything was printed. And so you would learn about, cause I, at first I was like, Oh, my bow is a one penny. Great. And they'd be like, you can't afford that. But I'm like, it's one penny, but you know, you're making it's one penny thousands. over a hundred thousand cards. Yeah, it's like that's a um, lot of pennies. And they were like saying, "No, you need a ribbon that costs half a penny." And so um, it was very. You, I, I just really learned the like what it, what it goes into to making these things, and mm-hmm. um, and also seeing like, oh, here's how here's how it's all made. Here's how the flitter is attached here's how you have to like here's different types of embossing you can do it was just like i mean it was like a playground of like 
we did everything foils and blank emboss and laser printing and tip-ons and so fun it was it was great and so i really started to understand how to have fun with print and color and and because we also had six color printing we were able to do like really um detailed levels of illustration that could be really reproduced exactly as the artist had painted them so really having your own printers at hallmark is like like a designer's playground pretty much because you've got all of this embossing and laser cutting and all this kind of awesome stuff like at your disposal so such a cool experience there yes it was it was great and because of that i got to see like how things should be made and yeah. what, what top quality printing looks like yeah. what the level of expectations of perfection are mm -hmm. um, and that you can reproduce work yeah like you imagine it to be yeah yeah and so that I really hope because of all that, you have a great answer for this next one. I might be wrong, but hopefully. Okay. Um, have you ever been a part of a print project that did not turn out as you had hoped, didn't go well, went sideways somehow? Can you tell us your experience with that? I mean, nothing has gone terribly wrong. Mm -hmm. I just feel like you get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've had clients wanting to use online printers and yeah. because of cost or timing and, and I have never had anything come back great <laughs> and it's, everything is always like off centered, um, just by a bit that like maybe somebody doesn't notice but i noticed yeah, yeah. um or just it's just it's okay and it mm -hmm. gives it gives like good quality printing a bad name yeah. um and you know i always rec especially like with spring and mulberry with a project that like where your entire your entire business is tied up in the packaging experience and it's like you know almost a hundred percent of what people are going to experience with you. Mm -hmm. Like spend the money, go with a trusted printer that you can go on press with yep. someone that you can have a conversation with about what this is going to look like. So you can yep. get, so you can get back drawdowns or samples mm -hmm. or um, like test prints. And a lot of those online companies, you just kind of hope and pray that like what you're going to get back is, um, okay. And, <laughs> and, um, and so that's what our experience has been is like, sh is like sh you know, shooing people away from that and, and adjusting their, and educating them and adjusting their budget mm -hmm. on what these things do cost and what you're, you should be expected to pay. Mm -hmm. And yes, these online printers look enticing. They, they, they promise the world it's going to cost you negative five cents to make this, you know, and I get very like, Ooh, um, maybe. Um, and, uh, advise against that because mm -hmm. it's one thing to like do your business card or some, some smaller piece of ephemera that your business is making on one of those online things. Mm -hmm. But when you are trying to create something that you want to get on in a magazine, photographed 
you know, you want Oprah to hold it. Um, like, let you know, you spend the money, go with something that you, someone you can trust. And that's the like, with Spring and Mulberry. Like, we used a, this great local printer in Portland, and and even though I've done a lot of printing, there's still things I don't know about process or uh, feasibility mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. paper stocks and having that really great relationship of someone who can be like, Hey, here's this or try this, or you could do this. And yes, that will work or make your type bigger here or um, adjust colors here helped us get to the final end result because it was a total relationship from the day we started the conversation um, of like, how are we going to design these? What, what is feasible within this cost range and what are things we should avoid or can't do? Um, so I wasn't, we weren't designing in a, in a vacuum of like, this is, can't afford rainbow hol holographic foil on all sides, you know, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but we can afford, you know, five PMS colors. I'm like, great. Five PMS colors is amazing. Like, um, so that also helped us in our design process. And if we had mm -hmm. gone with someone online or anonymous, you just kind of, you wish for the best and you never know what you're going to get. So. Yeah. And, and you know, that's one of the, that's my PSA. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the things that not a lot of people know about online printers is they're basically gang run base where if you're ordering your business card, yeah, you're on a gigantic press sheet with a hundred other people who are ordering business cards. You can't analyze the color of each one and make sure the colors are looking good on each one. You, you can't, you, you, you set it up, you make sure all your colors are density and then you go and you get what you get. Right. So yeah. that's like the case for a lot of that stuff. And the fact, and the fact is they know this because I've gotten um, business cards back where they said, I've said like, this isn't centered. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> we'll reprint it. Like they actually know they're not doing a great job. Um, and we'll reprint it for free because they know they're not like, you know, quality controlling any of this mm -hmm, work. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, there's a time and a place for that kind of, you know, business but when when you're making something that you know costs a lot of money um per, the the customer is shelling out a lot of lot for something the packaging has to reflect that mm -hmm. because it's also it's part of the experience yeah. um so i love to give packaging its uh, moment <laughs> yes. um, that it's due um because it's part of why people are um, attracted to what you're selling. hundred mm, percent. So now I think is a great time to dive further into that. You, you really teased it out in sort of some of the direction and the ideas. And now I want to go for a deep dive into the spring and mulberry chocolate packaging. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So why don't we start off by just saying, giving me a little bit of info about like, what was the customer brief to you on this project? And then how did you do material selection and ink selection and all of these different things just sort of guide me through that process um, into making this a thing. Okay, great. Yeah. And let me know if I like get off topic here. Um, <laughs> For but, sure. Uh, a spring and mulberry is a, um, is a new company launched by two women, Catherine and Sarah in Raleigh, North Carolina, mm -hmm. um, who, you know, are very interested in the healing powers of food and um, how to um, use non-traditional sweeteners to create um, sweet treats because both of them have um, great sweet tooth, but they didn't want to in 
add more refined sugar to the lake. Mm. And because of a lot of their travels and trips, they realized that like other cultures use other sweet, use other foods to sweeten or as sweets that like here in North America aren't really thought of very often. And like one of them is dates and dates in other cultures, especially like in Middle East and India. And, you know, I might be you know, wrong in some of these countries, but it's, it's a very common delicacy and adding dates to chocolate creates a really great flavor combination. Um, and also, you know, allows the other flavors of the chocolate to truly come through or like to, um, let you taste what like sweet really should taste like mm -hmm. um, instead of this like hit that you get with like refined sugar. So the brief was, how do we create, take our product, which was date, sweet and chocolate. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of health benefits to date, sweet and chocolate or dates in general, like, you know, more potassium, there's a lot more antioxidants in dates, but instead of going down this like fact-based route, how do we tell this bigger story about, sweet mm -hmm. and that if we talked about sweetness in the way we talk about coffee or beer or wine which has notes and flavors like there really is a, a spectrum of sweetness in the world there's things you eat in the morning that are different than the sweet things you would eat at after in the afternoon snack so and without refined sugar there really like there's a lot of different types of flavors to feel within sugar mm -hmm. and, and because of the ingredients that are involved and their first batch out the door is this, this is the five chocolate flavors. Um, and so we were tasked how to build this world and talk about this product in, a, in, in an enticing way and, um, and, and sell this chocolate that is cost a lot more than typical chocolate because of the cost of ingredients and the cost of process almost it's like triple the amount of, you know, regular chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, you know, at Letter Ray, we built out the story for Catherine and Sarah around their travels and their beliefs that like, there's a world of sweet out there that like is very untapped. Um, so first we built out the story and we talked about the lusciousness of the land of spring and mulberry. And we were inspired by um, these like, in the land of spring and mulberry, you just have these like decadent dinner parties and Everyone's having a great time and the sun is setting and it's like golden hour and everyone's, <laughs> you know, drinking and eating. And it's just those like perfect sweet moments of life mm -hmm. that, you know, you just want, you want to recreate all the time. And from that sweetness of those, those like perfect dinner moments and this golden hour, we built out a world that was influenced by dappled light and the sun setting and um, the colors in the sky and um, good friends coming together around a dinner table of, of dishes and laughter. And so we used all those references of dinner party and sunset colors um, and food and friends to influence the photography and the graphic design mm -hmm. and the colors that you see in the packaging, which are intended to kind of literally feel like a you know, like golden hour to sunset and dusk. Um, and that's how we started translating the concept into the packaging. Um, and so each color of the, the five bars represents this 
um, like fade into dusk. Um, so we go from like, you know, the light, you know, light blue to light purple to the golden pinks to the dark blues. Um, and so that the concept wasn't just arbitrary, mm -hmm. the, the colors came from a true sense of an idea, an evocative idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in terms of packaging, literally the packaging, um, we, I mean, we knew that the form, the, we knew, we knew what our form was. <laughs> um, and we knew um, that the, the form had to be like somewhat engineered to protect the product. Yeah, for so, sure. So we knew we were making this box. Um, and one of the bigger things was like, do we, show the product do we show the chocolate or do we cover the chocolate and it's about you know the box um and we felt one of the bigger decisions early on was that spring and mulberry is this brand new brand new first to market company out there um selling date sweet and chocolate and we really needed to do a lot of name recognition to have people kind of understand that this was not just another chocolate brand. Mm -hmm. And we felt that like putting the, just having this package that had a, a clear window to the chocolate was just going to sit on the shelves and look like every other chocolate brand mm -hmm. that is showing you the flavor of their chocolate. Yep. And because this was intended to be a gift first, we thought let's you know flip the packaging so that the front of the box is introducing spring and mulberry. It's this, large kind of advertisement on shelves that loud and proud tells you mm -hmm. it's this new company. And then when it's five of them are in a row, it really creates this like display at retail. Yeah. That looks very enticing and you see it very quickly. And then if you flip it over, we have a half sunset, half moon die cut that peaks to the packaging. So you get, you get a little hint at to what it is without, um, losing this great, you know, retail display mm. of introduction of the product. Because I knew if we just had the logo small and you just saw this chocolate, you would be like, oh, this is just another, like, yeah, just another a chocolate company brand. that's out yep. there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so when it came to doing that, that was, there was a lot of, like, back and forth of, like, where does this die cut go? And where, how much do we show? And where does it go? And are we, do we feel confident, like, not showing chocolate on the front? Does it? Does that help or hinder? And um, and we're finding now that like it doesn't. It's great. It's like the the packaging photographs really well. People can imagine chocolate in their minds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. So um, seeing the chocolate doesn't, and especially when you're on DTC or online, like you you the chocolate is in a picture right next to the packaging. So um, you don't need to like be like get it there's chocolate in this box um <laughs> yeah in uh, case you didn't know th there's yeah. chocolate in here so um once you've nailed down like the color palette the five sort of core colors that you want to use that are telling this daylight to evening story time like a like story and visual like it looks like there's embossing on here like what kind of paper did you guys select for this and and what came to sort of those finishing decisions um a lot of it came down to 
cost. Um, we knew because, um, I mean, we, we knew we had to have a fairly, also the inside of the cover is flood coated. Uh, you can see it. it's flood coated with uh, oh, yeah. the peach so that you, when you open it, you get that you get that little hint of peach on inside. Nice. Um, uh, and, and because all of these are PMS, all of these are flood coated um, with their PMS colors. Mm -hmm. They're not four color printed. Um, that that cost was the priority to make sure that we could print five PMS colors um, evenly and with great saturation, mm -hmm. um, and not get like I was worried with those online printers that we would get like variation in color and yeah. not a, a great. Um, even coat of the color. Um, so because color was the number one thing, we, we put like the money into um, a full, costing out these five PMS colors plus the one color over with, to get the hit of the peach. Um, and then we just, we did a subtle emboss on the logo um, to like add that one, like more level of um, consideration mm -hmm. and um uh, I think it adds just a little bit more um, elevation. Yeah, so like like that's exactly what it does. Yeah. Is, you know, you, the stages yeah. in retail, you know, you see something, you're like, ooh, what is that? Then you pick it yeah. up and you touch it and you go, ooh, that feels nice. And then you're more likely to buy that product. Like that's sort of just the, the mind, the way the mind works in that retail environment. So by adding, you know, this nice, what looks like an uncoated stock and then you've got mm -hmm. the the embossing on the type like there's a lot tactile right there so you go Ooh, I, I like this and you, and you buy it yes the tactileness i think helps especially with something that is otherwise a pretty simple print job mm -hmm. um and it adds that like one next level of like specialness mm -hmm. um and then it helps when it photographs, you can see it. And then the inside is a, is a coated, so it's a little shinier and smoother. Got and it. when you open it up, you get the nice um, kind of difference on the uncoated paper stock to the to the, the kind of like a soft mat matted so on the inside. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people, when they're thinking about doing, you know, wanting to use an uncoated paper for packaging, you know, can tend to be sort of scared away from the options when you're thinking of, you know, really, really thick packaging weight, uncoated paper, like it can get pretty pricey if you're going that route. And what they've done here and what you guys have done is taken what I would describe as a standard coated one side packaging board. And instead of printing on the coated side, which a lot of packaging mm -hmm. does, flip that sheet over, print on the uncoated side to get that uncoated feel. And then the inside of the packaging has the clay coating on it, um, which, you know, is, is fine. It's the inside of the box and, you know, you can get nice pops of color printing on that and it saves money. Exactly. Exactly. That was the printer's recommendation yeah. because paper is really, there's very limited paper these days oh, yeah. of what we, <laughs> we could get um, in the time we needed to do mm -hmm. it. And he suggested, he's like, we've got this paper stock on hand, just print on the reverse and um, you can get this look and feel if you print, you know, usually we print on the other side, mm -hmm. but if you print the reverse, um, you'll get your uncoated feel. And like, that's kind of what we had to do. And like, and it worked out great. And I love the, like the change, but it was not what we had um, 
expected, but because of a paper shortage, yeah. um, this is what we were able to, um, that he had on hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's exactly it. So you were able to create this beautiful uncoated feeling packaging in that and actually use a pretty standard like packaging board to bring it to life to do that. Yes, it was just what it was not a specific. And because it was coated, we didn't need a, a specific tooth or yes. um, shade of a color of white. Um, we used the standard what they had on hand and um, worked with that. Definitely. So did this print those Pantones because they're pretty heavy coverage? Did this print with a double hit on those Pantones or was it a single? I don't think so. Okay. Um, and we're, we are also like knocking out to a lighter color. Yep. Um, and that was a concern because, but um, no, it looked great. The only second mm -hmm. hit I think is black. Yeah. Not quite sure. <laughs> no, all good. Awesome. So talk to me a little bit about the sort of proofing side of this then, because um, you had mentioned like getting test prints done. Did you guys go through the full offset test print process with this or did you just do sort of standard proofing? We, gosh, we went through the gamut and we work with this premier press in Portland and they were fabulous because, because we did, um, and I had never worked with that before. And this is my first time. And I was just like, Oh, such a great experience. Cause I, it was a, it was, there was a lot to be get right. Mm -hmm. And it could also go wrong. <laughs> um, so yes, we, 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 does, we, my team designed the packaging, we picked our colors. And then from there we got ink drawdowns of each yes. color from the printer on little, little test strips mm -hmm. of like, here's the mixes. And it took a couple rounds of getting them all right. Um, and then once we got all our PMS colors correct, then they went to, um, they went to print. Yeah. Um, and, and we were, then we went to on press to like see the, you know, get made and then then after that then they we we approved our emboss and to like make sure the emboss was um the right height and level mm -hmm. and and then they ran those all through the emboss but yes there was about three steps of approvals and proofs that we got prior to it you know, that's like what you get yeah. when you go with a great printer is that you get the communication and you get the approvals and you get to see it happen in real life. That's great that you um, actually went in for press checks as well, hey, and embossing check. Oh, yes. Perfect. We, um, we became very close. <laughs> awesome, which is good. Like, it's great to yeah. do that because it's such a, like, such a great project and you're trying to execute something. So, of course, you want to keep a close eye on it and not only that but it's a great learning opportunity as well for those press checks and emboss checks and just sort of like you were saying before seeing how the donuts are made like you know how how does it all come together i i know i think that's a good thing for like younger designers yes. like not is that i used to worry a lot about sending things to print before you know before we had before you could send things electronically we had to like send a zip drive <laughs> through a messenger yes. and a cd to the printer and that like delay in the like 
it always seems so final. And I realized, and I learned a lot by printing because, um, because I used to have to print a lot of like out of home things and banners yeah. and like subway ad stuff. And, um, I mean, I didn't go, I didn't know how to make files for things that were printed that at that scale. And I learned the, really quick and fast, like the way to know what you're doing is to call the printer and you, you know, you don't go to school learning a lot of this, mm -hmm. but if you start asking the printer a lot of questions, they will, they helped me prepare my file and they told me how to like set it up and mm -hmm. they told me how to like get all the like crop marks right and, and how to, you know, and I, they set me up so that when I sent the file, I knew I wasn't like, like screwing it up, but there used to be this very big worry that I like, I'm not an expert in print production. I'm, it's going to come out wrong, but like printers are like the nicest people. <laughs> they love to talk to you. <laughs> so don't be afraid because they will like, have, like love to chit chat you about like all the things you can do. Mm -hmm. And so I started, you just like, I would get a job and because I was too scared to ask my boss like how do I do this I would call the printer and say like I'm making these things and how do I set my file up and how do I you know give this to you and what how do you need it mm -hmm. and, um, those questions going into this job I knew I didn't have to have all the answers or have to have because I knew that the printer would help me through the process of like how to how to get it there yeah. um, and that I feel like that relationship is always like the best thing and that's um, and it took a lot of worry of my end when I was younger that I didn't have to have all the answers yeah. um, that I could rely on them to recommend or give me suggestions. Absolutely. That's part of the, one of the things that I love teaching and talking about is, you know, how can, how can you find a printer that you can work with in your area, how to build a relationship with that printer and also how important that relationship is. Right. So, mm -hmm. Um, this, so this packaging, we've gone through the, the press check and, and the, the bindery check. So you've seen it sort of most of the way. Um, can you tell me that first feeling when the box arrives at your office or you go to look at the first ever finished printed copies? What is that? What is that feeling like? Well, I have so many videos because I took a lot of videos of us, um, it coming to our my house and then like I being on press. Um, I mean, it's like it's like those Sesame Street videos of where like they show you how you know pencils get made and it's like so exciting because you're like I never did no idea how pencils got made and like it's a it's like a complete joy every time to see mm -hmm. your um, what's what you've been like you know sweating about for months to um, there's no no feeling like it. Um, it's so exciting that you want to brag about it um, <laughs> and uh, take pictures of it. And like, and I remember that cause the client is in North Carolina and we were on press, you know, live, like live videotape, like live streaming. Yeah. You the, were like FaceTiming on press checks. Yeah, yeah. Because I was, we were so excited and they were so excited. And then I, when I got the samples sent to my house, I, I was, um, I sent them videos of it and photos so, because they were so, they weren't, they couldn't experience it in, you know, real life. And so, um, just the visceral, I wanted them to like, you know, like have the same visceral reaction yeah. I did, uh, because here's our baby, here's the thing that we're trying to put out in the world. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's real. Um, 
it's a very satisfying feeling for us and the client and to celebrate that moment because it really is the moment that like you start to realize that your business is not just a deck or PDFs, but it's like something that's coming out into the world. And like now it's in the world and people are going to start interacting with it. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like the switch from a vision to, Oh, it's a, we're real. And yeah, it's a real thing <laughs> like here. it or not, like people are going to, um, have opinions and, mm -hmm. and react to it. Yeah, it's such a cool experience. I always tell designers that that feeling of taking something from screen that you've seen in screen or in drawdowns and like in, in these bits and pieces, and then all of a sudden you see a f the finished product and the feeling of that is hard to beat. It's like equally terrifying as it is exciting and like all of the feelings. So it's, it's such a cool experience. Yeah, I mean, I save so much packaging from my old jobs and that's always like anytime anyone would say like we need to do a new package for a new mm -hmm. product it was like yes <laughs> like <laughs> this is what we were born to yeah, do sign me up <laughs> i am in <laughs> you got some socks we got me some sock packaging no doubt um, yeah. <laughs> um, so on this one here i want to now sit i sort of ask about what what happens when so you've you've done the project you finished the project what's sort of the the roi your customers feedback like how is how has this been received are are they excited how it's performing um and what were sort of the next steps after you finished this packaging with them um well not only did we do the packaging but we did you know the, the entire you know soup to nuts with their brand this we go into site design mm -hmm. and social strategy and assets for emails and you know all the things and a brand needs to kind of live and breathe uh, um what i'm i think we're all very proud of is that the packaging is really enticing in terms of how it photographs yeah. um it's brand you know stores and magazines are always looking for something new um and when something shoots well or looks good in print <laughs> print magazines or, or a photograph like thinking about that when you're designing your pro your product is one of the bigger things i learned is that like making sure it can shoot well or look good on a in a magazine's page gets you a lot of bonus points because people and editors and shop owners want something that looks good at on, on retail or in their you know roundup of the best things I saw this spring you know um, and so I'm seeing a lot of stores um, sending us photos of how they displayed it on the shelf and it's doing exactly how I thought it would just like whether they use all five bars together or they just do two colors together because that's how their store aesthetic might be less colorful it it really creates a great impact um so um that com that packaging combined with Catherine and sarah's really authentic story is this like kind of double bundle of not only is it beautiful packaging but the, the retailers have a great story to to talk to the customer about it yeah it's not just like oh great here's more chocolate my gosh that's like the winning combination <laughs> if your retailer is excited to display and put this product up you know you know you've nailed it you know you've hit it i know <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Love it. Um, awesome. So obviously the customer then insanely excited about what, what you were able to create for them. Yeah, it's fun and it's Instagrammable. Like in this day and age, you got to make something that's Instagrammable. So true. Um, and it makes some good content. Um, and then we've like, you know, we've taken from the packaging this, this, this concept of big logo, lots of color and applied it to other touch points that they're making, you know, they're making no cards and we're making mm -hmm. um, some inserts that go, that explain the brand and the packaging and stickers and, and some belly bands. And we're using this aesthetic mm -hmm. to incorporate into everything the brand is doing. Beautiful. So from the very first brief where they first come to you and say, Hey, this is what we're thinking to holding the finished product, like the finished box in your hand. What is that timeline like? We started with them in about September. So I guess it's been about six months, about six months, six, seven months. Um, and we definitely spent a big chunk of that time on the packaging. Oh, for sure. Of, uh, going back and forth on many, many iterations or versions of like, it could be this, it could be that, yep. it could have this, this, you know, we went through many things of like, could it be each, each bar, each box has a different pattern on it? Or is it um, a different color palette altogether? Or how big is the logo? Mm -hmm. And, and then the, like, to me, packaging is not only just the physicalness of it, but it's also a messaging hierarchy problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's why I think like all designers, whether they are, whatever, whatever they're doing should have a really strong typographic sense um, and be great typographers yeah. because it is a, in many sense, a mini hierarchy project. Mm -hmm. um, and how do you, how do you tell this story on this, for instance, this, this, small space because not only do we have to get the logo but we had a text that it was we had to have the flavor we had to have what it was we had to have um the, a little bit of the story we had to have the ingredients and you have to have all those legal stuff exactly and how do you like where how do you determine what the customer needs to see in a, in a hierarchy on this packaging so it doesn't just feel like ah. um, mm -hmm. um and how do you also take some of these elements that have to be there, like nutrition information and ingredients, and not just like spit them out and do the default, like, like, oh, I, I don't even care about this, but treat every single bit of information with love and consideration. Yeah. Um, so even our nutrition facts are well-designed and thought through, and, and we made sure the ingredients, because the, there's like, literally five ingredients or less in all these bars. So like, why not highlight these ingredients and not just try to like put them down in the small time, yeah. but like celebrate that with great typography and, 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 and make sure that the customer reads the ingredients first and foremost um, versus, in fact, I think that the ingredients are more important than the story for packaging. If people wanted to know the story, they could go online. Yeah. Like, um, and knowing the context of where they are picking this up and like what was, if they were in a store, what's, what needs to come out front and center. Yeah. So um, that problem of the hierarchy of information was, is tricky when the, when the box is that small and you've got this much information on it. And so I've always, in, in designers, I'm always looking for great typography and this, took time because it was such a it was such a kind of a puzzle and i love the puzzle i love the puzzle of type 
type hierarchy messaging figuring it out but it took a big chunk of time to understand that Um, and the packaging was the first place this brand went through the process of like what what do we need to get across first and foremost and what's less important and then that that kind of information translated to the site and and messaging Mm -hmm. but we figured it out through packaging first Beautiful. Um, it's such incredible packaging. And as soon as I saw it pop up on Instagram, I had to reach out and connect with you and just to sort of hear, hear the story about how this was made and, and what went into it because it is, it, it's beautiful. It's beautiful packaging. Thank you so much. We're really proud of it. Um, Allison, the last question I got for you before I let you go is what advice would you give a designer who is you know, wanting to get started with print or packaging and wanting to get into it, but just doesn't know where to start? Where, where would you suggest that they start in, on that journey? I mean, like I said, I think also honing your typography skills mm-hmm. and, and like um, not looking at messaging and information hierarchy mm-hmm. on anything is, also, is a great place because um, that is like kind of like once you have that, I think you can solve any problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a try. I would just like, like, like lean into clients or product people who are actually making things and yes. making products. Um, you know, everything has a little bit of packaging, even if someone is making, clothes or swimsuits or um jewelry we've had these those clients um there's packaging involved in it and there's print involved in it whether it's Mm -hmm. the label um or the insignia that goes stamped into the ring or the 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 box that comes in or the 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 secondary packaging that it's wrapped up in like we Mm -hmm think through all those things and we find moments to add more (laughs) more charm and print to those experiences so that when the customer gets them it just adds like another level of um, delight and you know in fact like we will suggest putting in some pieces not just to add like extra paper to the world but like for instance, like with Spring and Mulberry, I was like, oh, I think we need to add another piece in here. To, to, if someone got this as a gift, um, they might need a little bit of an intro of like, what am I getting? That is not just another chocolate brand, but there's like a story here and it's date sweetened. Mm-hmm. And like, how can we make that little piece that goes in the box also feel charming? And yeah. and not just a brochure, but just, I would, you know, like there's always an opportunity to use packaging to tell the story and to add um life and um working with clients who are you know making something um i we we tend to focus on clients that make something versus clients that are only doing digital work um Mm -hmm. it's not our wheelhouse um it's the people who are like putting physical objects into the world that you know we like to work with yeah, that and that's like- exciting. Putting <laughs> putting objects into the world. Come on. That's so fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, Allison, where can people find out more about you and more about this Spring and Mulberry project? What's the the websites, the Instagrams, all that jazz? 
Well, we, me and my team are at letter A.xyz. You can see our work and we're on Instagram at letter A.xyz. And Spring and Mulberry, if you would love to test out their chocolates, they're based in Raleigh, North Carolina, but they are sold online um, at springandmulberry.com. Perfect. That's awesome. Allison, thank you so much for being my guest on the podcast today. Thank you, Dave. This was really fun. I enjoyed helping you. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for your time and listening and checking this out. Again, May the 12th, Print Design Mastery launches. I can't wait to see designers in there and interact with creatives within our community. Dang. So excited for that to happen. May the 12th, just around the corner. And if you're listening to this after launch, well, go to printdesignacademy.com and find out when is Print Design Mastery available again, and then leave a rating and a review for this podcast and all of that fun stuff. And that's it. Thanks again. See you next week.